what's everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know who it is. This is Kevin from the Card Progression Podcast, brought to you by Dark Fusion Systems, the best for your own custom computing needs when it comes to gaming, creative, whatever it might be. Dark Fusion Systems has the computer for you. You can get $100 off your entire build using the code CPPPOD at checkout or anytime during your build as well to get the best custom computer you possibly can get. You know, Ryan Kirby uses them, so... Go check it out. Oh, yeah. Link trips to the podcast. Let's have some fun. Also, now it's time for our feature presentation. We have Aiden and Alexander from the Canadian band Ethereal Tomb on the podcast. We discuss how they grew in the, as a band, how they've gotten to this point in this Canadian scene overall, and why they're in the business of doing and how it impacts their connection to the indigenous communities around Canada. So this is a great one. Don't miss out on it. And now you're going to get the whole thing. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast. As we've been highlighting the Canadian hardcore scene on this podcast for the past like two months, we always ask those bands to suggest other bands in the Canadian scene so that we can get to know about them and possibly bring some more of them on the podcast. The band Fight On Site recommended a couple of bands and they brought up this one to us. They said they were more like metalcore, but they're actually more like sludge metal, doom metal, but hey. I still enjoyed it, so we decided let's go with it, bring them on the podcast, and boom, here the guys are. So please welcome Alexander and Aiden from the band Ethereal Tomb to the podcast. So gentlemen, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks for being on, guys. I really appreciate it. And one thing I like to do with the bands I find out from the Canadian scene is, you know, I don't know all that much about you. I'm not sure how many people know that much about you, especially from our audience. So I'd like to start up by asking, can you give me the band's origin story? Like if you guys were making a Marvel movie, not a DC Comics movie, because those movies, you know, are kind of crappy, of course. <laughs> but like if took like phase one Marvel, you know, origin story movie about how the band started. So go for it, guys uh so i always wanted like to be in a band and i was in the hardcore scene for a long time and i like would felt incapable of playing an instrument so i was just a photographer videographer filmed a lot of shows uh and then over the pandemic i like kept trying to get people together like before that and during and um people would just like kind of flake out and i was just like okay fuck it like i'm just gonna learn guitar and I'll just start the band myself. Like, cause, cause I only like realistically, cause I couldn't play an instrument. I could only sing before. So I was like, okay, fuck it. I'll just learn guitar. And then, you know, a couple months down the road, I started this little journey with Ethereal Tomb. That's about as quick as it comes into it, man. I mean, it makes a lot of sense though. Just if you have the time and you want to be able to start a band and do something with it, when you've been in the hardcore scene for a while, but you've been more on the, photography, videography, film side of it. And people are starting, especially in the pandemic when we had a lot more free time to do other things that we couldn't do, you know, going out more socially because of restrictions. Yeah, why not learn guitar? Why not take that piece out of it where you don't have to depend on someone to do that so you can start the band yourself and then have other members come in over time that are gonna fit in with what you wanna do and are gonna also have that chemistry set, you can do your thing, and then all the other members like Aiden over here can continue to contribute and also add his own spin on the band as well to continue to grow it the way it has been. Yeah, I I actually got no time off during the pandemic. Um, I was finishing college, and then uh, I started working like 40, 
something hours a week, like straight out of college. Uh, or if not more, because I was in the restaurant industry and for like beginning of the pandemic, the restaurant industry kind of fucking blew up because everyone's just kind of at home has money to spend now, like with all the government bullshit. Uh, and so I was working a lot and I, I still managed to fucking get some time and play guitar there. Not bad. Not bad. So how did Aiden come into the mix on this? So I got to ask you, Aiden, now your origin story in Ethereal Tomb, you know, can we, can we get like, I mean, get like an Iron Man style story or something like that? Just that kind of quality. I mean, if we got to get Robert Downey Jr. to play you in some <laughs> point in time, we're going to do it. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll do my best. Um, Alexander and I talked about it recently. I, I can't remember the exact time frame as to when I came in. Uh, to tomb playing bass uh i'm not an original member right from the start though i think it was like 10 months after maybe alexander can you confirm it's like 10 <laughs> or 11 it's like yeah, if not right in the middle yeah okay um yeah so i <clears throat> alexander hit me up one day he needed a bass player and my initial answer was uh not really my thing i i don't play bass i've been out of music for Oh geez, it would have been like six, seven years at that time. I like I, I pick, I would pick up my guitar every here, here and there, but for like ten minutes, I would just put it down. I get frustrated and say, "No, nah, that's not it." Um, so I originally said no, and a lot of my other homies were like, "No, nah, you're an idiot. Like, play in a band. It'll be so much fun. You love music. Just go for it." So I think maybe a week or two after, I I ended up going out and buying a bass, and I said, "Alexander." If you need a bass player, I'm your guy. No, actually, and, uh, I I reached out to you two weeks later. Oh, a second the, time. The day before our first show, because we had someone filling in at the time. Um, The day before our first show, I was like, hey, man, I still haven't found anyone. I just want to re-extend the offer. Yeah, at and, that point. Uh, I, and then I he's like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll play bass. So that, that was my first time really playing bass ever was buying my first bass, learning a couple songs with Alexander and Ethereal Tomb, and then playing my very first show about a month after that. And then it's just been uh, fun ever since. I, it's something I want to keep, you know, stick with. So It looks like your friends were right in trying to kick your ass and saying, hey, man, go after music. It's something that you love. You're going to feel the passion behind it. From you picking up a guitar and then 10 minutes later, like, Nah, I'm not feeling. Just didn't right. feel the drive anymore until yeah, my friends are like, "Nah, you're dumb, do it." Mm. And honestly, me looking back, I would be telling myself the same thing. So, big respect to the homies for that one. Yeah, they they had they had the self they had the awareness for you that you didn't have for yourself at that moment. Where now you exactly. look back and you're like, "Thank God I had them because you could be living your a life completely differently right now. You could be just sitting there, you know, working a nine to five job." potentially just like oh i wish i was doing this i wish i was still in music i wish i was playing in a band i wish i was on stage and you wouldn't be but your friends were there to recognize that this is what you're passionate about this is something that you really belong doing this is something that you want to do so why aren't you doing it at this point in time that recognition from them helped put you in a great spot it seemed like personally because the way you spoke about it too especially towards the end just this added energy in your voice behind it really set the tone for this is what you really wanted to do and even you saying yeah you know i looking back at it probably should have kicked my own ass at that point but thank god you had friends to do it for you at that point totally honestly it, it filled a, a hole i didn't know i had it would be a nice way to put it 
That is a good way to put it. That really is. So now that, so you guys, okay. Another question I have for you is, especially coming to you, Alexander, you said you spent so much time in like the hardcore scene, especially when it comes to the videography side, the videography side, just everything when it came to a lot of other production of it. So why all of a sudden when it came to Ethereal Tomb, did you go more the sludge metal, doom metal route, especially you've been a prime, more prominent in this hardcore scene beforehand? Uh, well, I am also like a really big like metalhead. Um, and uh, <clears throat> like hardcore, like I got into like Slipknot and Guns N' Roses and Cream and Black Sabbath at a young age. Uh, and I kind of like was into that and it kind of fell to the wayside, never completely. But then I came back to it like around like 12 or so and uh and then i found straight edge i heard like heard of straight edge and i was like oh this like i was like there's people not interested in like you know substances i was like this makes sense i was like this is my people so i was like so i looked up straight edge hardcore and um i found um minor threat have heart and aviator they're like aviator is like a post hardcore band like super unknown and um but uh the last fm or some shit recommended them to me so those were like the three bands i found and i was super psyched on them and that was like the beginning of my hardcore journey and then uh when i started playing guitar the first three songs i learned were fix me and nervous breakdown by black flag and straight edge revenge by project x <laughs> um but i also love metal like i said and uh, i love black sabbath i love electric wizard i love sleep um love pentagram and uh and honestly a lot of that shit's pretty fucking easy to play so when you're first starting to play guitar and also wanting to use it as a creative outlet it made sense to kind of go like a stoner doom or like a doom sludge kind of direction because it's slow it it can be easy like you know if you write it mm -hmm. to be easy um and uh that's kind of just how it started and then as i've gotten better at guitar over the past three and a half years um the music just kind of gets heavier and faster like all the time <laughs> so okay that makes a little bit more sense too because even when i was thinking about it when it comes to d like sludge metal doom metal there tends to be a little bit more of this melodic, slower pace to it to really add this sense of, especially from doom metal, this impending feel of just despair, just darkness, but it's got to be slower. It's got to be heavier to really drive that forward. Sludge, it just kind of adds a more of this dirty flavor to it in terms of the overall tone. But again, you're thinking sludge, you're trying to like walk through this stuff and you're going to be moving slower. So the tone and the pacing ends up matching up with that. And if you're going to be practicing something, you're going to be trying to learn something. It makes sense to go with something that's going to be a little more simpler and slower and not try and get into, you know, trying to play the same like fast paced style as Herman Lee of Dragon Force. Like you don't want to jump right into trying to do through the fire and flames, not even on guitar here. Yeah. No, 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 we're talking. Applaud, real guitar I, I applaud anyone who can jump into that pretty quickly. <laughs> it, it's it'd be pretty damn impressive for people to jump into that just willy nilly on or even some of the best guitarists, too, because it's like. Yeah, you know, you might be able to play some of this stuff. You might be able to play a little bit more technical. You might be able to play a little more complicated stuff. But can you do it that fast and that consistently? Nah, maybe not. Yeah, sometimes you don't need to. Yeah, sometimes you don't need to. Sometimes the song doesn't really call for it. But again, it does kind of make sense. And it just adds more to it so that as you continue to grow as a guitarist, 
you know, you're going to be able to do other things. You're going to be able to quicken the pace. You're going to be able to add a little bit more of these different progressions to it, add more of these different intricacies to it so you can do faster stuff so you can add, you can just, you know, really increase the overall repertoire and sound of Ethereal Tomb going forward. Yeah, like, like seriously, if you listen to the first um, material, to the new material and then the new material that we're putting out in the spring, like, it's it's literally just a, a tangible progression of me getting better at guitar. Is pretty much <laughs> just, just what it is. But I'll say that tangible progression to it. One thing I've noticed, especially when it comes to bands and the ones that really, really, really increase their overall skill, their overall style, and increase the overall ability of what they're able to do is they have that progression from like one album to the next, from one sound like style to the next. Like I'll use Bringing the Horizon the perfect example because you go back to Count Your Blessings and it's going to be one way, but as they progress through their album discography, it slowly changed over time to the point where now it's like whenever Bringing the Horizon does, it doesn't surprise anybody because they have the ability to do whatever they want. And it's been built up over so many years and so many different sounds, so many different trials in terms of what you want to do with that sound, what you want to do with your music and just what you're able to do. And as you continue to grow as a guitarist and as you're able to continue to expand on what your ability is, you're going to have the chance to explore different ideas. And as you get into other music as well, able to take the influences from that, put it in your music and be able to do that in a way where you're not limited to if you were in more inexperienced guitarist from a couple of years ago. Yeah, totally. I, I love when bands um, like um, can like organically like put themselves in different boxes um like black sabbath has so many different types of sounds and uh, you know so does my favorite band of all time is uh joey jordison era slipknot and uh you know even just over those four albums they wrote so much you know different uh they put themselves into so many different categories and yeah I, I, just, they, I like if a band could do that yeah they really did do that especially from like you know you listen to iowa and you listen to all hope is lost or hope is gone I said all hope is lost jeez Look at me not being knowing all my Slipknot <laughs> stuff. Um, that's, you know, I'm going to blame the concussions and all the hits of the head I've taken over the course of, you know, 29 years at this point. So, fair enough, yeah, fair enough. but it's like yeah, you listen to all those different sounds and it's just, you know, there's going to be a consistent base with Slipknot because there always is, you know, it's going to be a Slipknot song. But there's going to like if you listen to Joey Jordison era, there's slow different progressions that are going to change from one spot to the next where they can do different things. They did do different things. And all, you know, it expanded the sound of Slipknot to what they're able to do going forward and what they're continuing to do as they've gotten on with their career with stuff like, you know, We Are Not Your Kind and uh, what they just did, with, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, I the one thing that I've found um, to be cool when we release new music or I show people new music like before it's out, they're like, OK, this is different, but it still sounds like ethereal tune. And um uh, I think I think that's a cool quality to retain. And I think um, like Slipknot, again, is, is a good example where it's just like you have subtitled to All Hope is Gone and 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 onwards. And like they all just sound like Slipknot songs, even though they're so completely different. I was going to say that, you know, when you just said as you show people new stuff and they still feel it's you guys as the style can sometimes change or sometimes can be grown upon that. You still have that ethereal tomb sound at its core. That is a very good thing because as I've noticed with the bands, I like 
and the bands that really expand their sound and try different things and where they succeed in that is because there is some piece of their core sound that is still unique to them and is going to be consistent throughout their music. I'm going to use Bring Me the Horizon as a perfect example because I think That's the Spirit is probably the perfect album that shows this because you listen to stuff from Sepraternal for, or earlier, yeah, you're going to have this heavier bit to it. You're going to have a lot more of this metal course driven style, even some more death core driven style stuff as well. But beyond That's the Spirit and on there, you're going to get a little bit more of this arena rock and alternative style. And then you go to post-human survival horror and there's going to be a lot more of a mix on there of what the band's able to do. But you listen to everything that Bring Me the Horizon has put out, and it's like there's something there that still makes this Bring Me the Horizon. It could be from a vocal style. It could be from a vocal tone. It could be from a guitar tone, and I think that's where architecturally comes in to show this out, where their guitar tone really stands out as that consistent mm-hmm. feel and consistent piece that allows them to expand their music, but you still know it's them. If you guys have something like that, and you, you know your fans and the people you show it to are able to recognize that, that's something that not a lot of bands have and it's something you can continue to grow on and it's something that is special that as you continue to grow you can go into any different direction you want and it's still going to be cohesive and feels like it's coming from you guys it doesn't feel like it's a complete massive shift to try and get some you know some extra popularity there because a certain style is popular at the time and you guys are just like 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 jumping on a trend you know, you guys yeah. could still do that, but there's still going to be a piece of you that's still in there from a songwriting perspective. And that's the key to like, you know, making sure you can have that longevity as you grow your sound. Like, yeah, I've people have people have said like, oh, it, like. Like, I don't know exactly how they're framing it, but it's just like they'll say something like, oh, like you chose a good time to like have hardcore elements in your band now and i'm like bro don't fucking talk to me like that like it's like i've been around you know what i mean i'm not i'm not some fucking tourist like just putting hardcore elements into the songs all of a sudden it's it's literally just me getting better at guitar and like being able to put elements that i wanted in before in now yeah, that's that's kind of one thing you definitely have to continue to put out there, too, because you're going to get people that say that stuff, especially as Canadian hardcore continues to grow, especially that scene in Ontario, which is from what I'm learning and what I'm seeing is absolutely insane. Plus, hardcore music getting a little bit more of a prominence in, you know, more of the pop, not pop culture and metal specifically as well with bands like Knock Loose, Kubla Khan and some of the more influenced bands of hardcore that have a little more of that metalcore sound. They're like Alpha Wolf. Hmm. I'm going to take yeah. that as a yes, just the, hmm. Yeah, it's, no, it's, uh, it, it's, it's been really interesting to, um, to experience like all of this. And, um, I'm 24. And, uh, it, it's funny to meet people my age or like, uh, people even older, older than me, maybe like a year or two older than me. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, this and that. And they're like, I don't know that band. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, like you just got in a hardcore. And I and I don't mean that in any condescending way at all. It's just it's just an interesting thing that happens sometimes. Um, where it's just like cause my brain just associates like anyone my age to being around in um, you know, back a couple years before it was popular. Um so it's it's been cool to see like all the cool uh new people come in and learn the customs and um you know bring their own energy to all of it it's it's a uh yeah i think a good way of putting it is interesting 
think it's a good way to put it too. just interesting. And Aiden, have you seen similar things, you know, in your own interactions with people, not only in the scene, in the Canadian scene as well, but also just anybody that you might interact with around music? Um, totally. I mean, I, I think I'm on the other end of that. I'm new to hardcore myself. And what I find interesting is finding a new band and getting excited about them. And I always go right to Alexander because he's he's my homie from hardcore. You know what I mean? Um, he's kind of introduced me to that. And every time he's like, oh, yeah, I know that band. Like, the, what was the most interesting uh, recent one to me? It was uh, I was listening to Point of Contact and I, I couldn't remember how to describe it. The album cover I could picture, but I finally figured it out. And I said, hey, do you know this band? And Alexander's like, yeah, that's a it's a straight edge band. Like, I, I've heard of them. Totally. I, I always love that, uh, the realization seeing other people that know these bands uh, reacting to me discovering them for the first time. Alrighty, that's that's even more interesting that we have, you know, two band members here, one that's, you know, much more into it, one that's, you know, just kind of been introduced to the scene as well. So you're getting that different perspective of someone that has been there for a while, seeing the, the growth of the, of the genre, seeing the growth of the scene as well. And try and also wrap your head around the fact that not everyone's going to know the different arts. Again, that's something that I totally understand, too, because there's certain bands even that I'm like, oh, hey, you know, check out this band. And everyone's like, uh, what band are you talking about? I've never heard of them. I'm like, how have you never heard of? Wait a minute. That's right. You might not be in this. You got to take a step back. Yeah, <laughs> I like like I've learned to like take a step back more and not assume as much anymore. But there's always that sometimes where it's like some of the bigger bands who it's like I'll say and someone's like, who the heck are they? And I think they're bigger than all of a sudden I look at them like, yeah, they might not be as big as I thought they were unless you're like actually a little bit more involved as much as I am. So whoopsies. But at the same point, when it comes to Aiden with your end, it's got to be exciting. Just, you know, seeing like a lot of people in like in your same position as well getting to know a lot more of these bands getting in the scene and just also having fun with a lot of the people that have been around and just growing this overall scene growing this overall style in much more of a constructive way compared to just like okay now everyone's jumping into this scene because of like some trend on tiktok and I'm kind of going towards the Bad Omens fans on that one. Not the ones that have been around, but a lot of the brand new ones who when you go to a concert and the mosh pit opens and they don't know what the hell to do. Yeah, I kind of have a little bit of personal stories on that one. So that's why I said it. Yeah, <laughs> they. I, it's good for these kids to um, just wit- just take a step back and witness um, and absorb kind of like what's going on. Um, like <clears throat> Ethereal Tomb shows, like, uh, we play with metal bands, we play with hardcore bands, but even when we play with hardcore bands, like uh, the younger fan base that um, we have will come out. And um, like, I know, like, me and some older dudes have like purposely gone out of our way to like, maybe we don't necessarily feel like dancing as much as we did, but we know like that there's a lot of kids here who um, may have never even seen what the fuck's going on. Uh, and so we kind of just like set the example a little bit. And then a couple of shows later, you see those same kids like learning how to two step. And uh, it's it's really cool to see. That is always something that's cool to see. I kind of wish, especially like around here where I'm at, where more people have like when we get those big like some bigger shows that come through that more people just kind of, you know, take a little bit of a step back, especially the newer fans. Not necessarily take a step back in terms of, no, I want you to enjoy the show, but take a step back in terms of, 
there's going to be people there that know what these shows are like. Just kind of see what's going on and don't like react right away because you think it's you're just not used to it, especially when it comes to like mm-hmm. a mosh pit style thing. Because, yeah, there's going to be stuff that happens if you don't want to be around it. You're more than what you're more than you're willing to just, you know, move a couple of rows behind the pit or to the side of the pit or in front of the pit, you know, where you have that little bit of buffer zone in there and no one's going to even come near you because we got the wall around it. Everybody's going to be good. But if you want to jump into it at the same time, you're more than welcome to maybe take a song or two to see what we're doing and then just jump in and kind of like follow along because the last thing you want to do is, especially like if you're just a, you know, like a, if you're in a hardcore pit, jump in, get smacked and then take offense to it. It's like, no, this is what's <laughs> happened. Or on the, on the flip side, if you're just in a normal mosh pit where it's like, everyone's like, you know, shoulder checking each other, trying to knock each other to the ground that way. And you come in and start throwing fists of fury. Okay. Maybe this ain't the show to do that part at just see yeah, what the you crowd just read is the like. Vibe read the room on that one everybody yeah. and it's once you read the room and you see like oh this is what we're doing for this band oh this is what we're doing for this band perfect we're all set and heck there's even some shows that i go to where it's like okay i'm not the biggest in the you know full-on hardcore dancing not fully my thing but i'll get into those pits as well but if i get hit in the face i always think about it don't get mad this is what happens yeah you know that's just the thing it just that's that just where fun. you're at hmm. just where you're at you just gotta get a lay of the land but the fact that you especially you know from your position alexander where even some of the younger kids are going to shows you guys are setting the example it's by setting the example and seeing them come back to shows and start to learn to do this stuff and really take into their own that's something that is even more important than just you know just going there and just having a good time it's because as i look at it they're seeing what you're doing and then they're they're taking a part of it they're feeling like they can do this they join in with this and they don't feel like this is anything restricted to them. They feel like it's a space where they can jump in, have a blast, be themselves. And then now, not only are they new to the scene, but now they're connecting with the people that have been there for such a long time so that they can become a bigger part of that community, bigger part of that scene. And then as the next wave of people come in, they're the ones that can lead the charge and also set the example going forward. Yeah, totally. It's a circle. It's the circle of life. We're ha- we're happy to see people do whatever they want to do at the end of the day. Because um, we play to all different types of crowds. Uh, so, you know, if uh, we've, we've had shows where people don't fucking move an inch. And the room is pretty packed. Uh, and then we just have an endless sea of people coming to talk to us after telling us how fucking sick it was. You know what I mean? So, like, we're, we're psyched. Like, realistically, we're just like to see people like a crowd express themselves, however, however, it's organic uh, in that moment. I like that as well, because you never know how a crowd's going to take to you guys. You never know what their idea for a show. You never know what the vibe is going to be as well. The vibe could be completely different based on the bands that you're playing alongside, whether it's something that's a little bit more slower. Maybe it's something that's a little bit more focused on the hardcore side. As long as the people are vibing along and they're enjoying the show and you guys are putting on a show that they're going to remember the next day for the positive, that's what matters. Yeah, exactly. Now, let me ask you this question. What's been your favorite show to play of all time and why? Like, what's the memory that you have that's just like, holy crap, I'll never forget this because of how cool this was or how awesome the crowd was, something like that. Uh, Aiden, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um... (laughs) It's it's hard to choose just one, I feel, because everything's kind of unique or special in its own way. Um, but the most recent one that really stands out to me still would be 
our London, Ontario show from our tour with uh, Cancer Bats and Black Mastiff. Uh, it was at uh, Rum Runners. And the only reason it stands so far above to me was um, the amount of staff that was at the venue, I guess. Like, it was great not having to, like, carry our stuff all the way up. We had people <laughs> cart our shit up. That was really cool. We've never had experience like that before. Um, and I, I don't think it's, I think it's just the venue. I think it's just how they operate there. Um, that show was also, uh, I think it was one of the sold out ones. Regardless, it felt like it. It was so busy. Um, and I, I distinctly remember looking out over the sea of people and, and going, wow, like there's a fuck ton of people here. Like this is, this is awesome. So, I mean, in, in a lot of ways that show really stood out. Uh, to me as a as a favorite top three for sure out of my my career as a bass player <laughs> <laughs> my uh my my favorite shows like i have two but they're like so similar um in the uh in the way that they're special for me we did a benefit show earlier this year for nation skate youth in toronto indigenous harm reduction um and um uh, the venue told me it was a 50 cap and I was like, yeah, sorry, boss, that's not going to happen. And uh, I think we had like 300 fucking people there. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the venue actually changed its policies about throwing shows after that show. Um, and like so many people and promoters have come back to me being like, yeah, that show fucking uh, and something or other about it and how it's affecting their show now. And I'm just like, fuck, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but there were so many people at that show and it was for such a fucking like personal and just overall positive um, reason that we were there. And um, it was just like, it was just like very special, something in the air that night. And uh and then again, our release show that we had for this new record uh, in September was very similar. Like the venue was like, oh, this is the cap. And I was like, mm, fuck, that kind of sucks. And then we just fucking wave packed it over and the venue started like freaking the fuck out. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, there was a couple of hardcore dancers that we played like with three other hardcore bands and we played more of our hardcore material too. So it was like great vibe. And uh, there was just a lot of kids who like didn't hardcore dance. So they were like just normal moshing or headbanging or whatever. And um, the three other bands were not used to that. Uh, so we had our homies. Like I really remember uh, Reality Denied played second and they were fucking, they're one of my favorite hardcore bands. And uh and uh, he he was just like he leaned into it. He's like, "Fuck it! Like this is not our normal type of show." So he had everyone fucking like bouncing like <laughs> the whole venue. I was like standing at the back of it, and I was like, "This is so fucking sick." Um, so everyone just kind of like adjusted their mindsets and their vibes a little bit, um, and it just ended up being a really really great special night for uh, everyone involved that uh, I know of. So all I'm getting from this pretty much is whenever Ethereal Tomb has a special night at a show, usually they pack out the venue much more than is supposed to. And the venue <laughs> freaks out because, holy crap, what the hell is actually going on here? Yeah, pretty much. 
Well, shoot, as you guys continue to grow and get bigger, you know, maybe as you start traveling more around Canada, come over to the United States, play some shows here, you know, you start packing out shows here and all of a sudden it's, you know, you start having venues change their policies based on how much they can actually fit in there because that's just going to become like a commonality and a trait that Ethereal Tomb has. That's what I'm hoping for, at least. That, yeah, that would be rad. We have that in Toronto for sure. Um, but, uh, we're going on a U.S. tour in, um, April. And, uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna try our hands in the States and see how it goes. Ooh, well, um, before I ask you my next question, I just gotta get, get a, I mean, if you can say, then say it. If not, just give me a generalization of what this U.S. tour you guys are doing in April. Like, where are you going to be playing? Um, I finished the tour routing, I think yesterday and, it's pretty good. I didn't prioritize too, too much in the Northeast because, like, we live in the Northeast. So if we just want to take five days off at any given time after we get our visas, we can just go hit five Northeastern dates. Uh, so we're going to do cross Canada, like the Plains and into BC. And then from there, we're going to go, like, Seattle, like, uh, Portland, Salt Lake City, LA, you know, through Nevada and everything down south, Tampa up the east coast uh and like a little bit in the middle like oklahoma city and shit um so like we're hitting a good we're hitting like we have four weeks that's pretty much what we can do and we're we're just going to try and fit as much as we fucking can i wish we could do more but that that's basically like what we can that's what we can do realistically right now well, yeah, do what you can do realistically. That makes sense. The reason I asked is because I'm like, oh, I just want to see if you guys are coming anywhere around me. But the way you made it sound, it looked like you are skipping me entirely. What the hell, man? <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, about maybe an hour and a half north of Chicago. Yeah, okay. That's like the that's the area that I'm talking about where it's just it's like that's shit we can drive to for even just a single show if we if in theory, if we wanted to. So um, I'm I'm going to spend the energy of like taking time off for this like big tour in places that are like more unrealistic for us to get to. See, like, I, Chicago's I, like really not that far. I know. I, I totally get that. I totally understand that. Don't get me wrong. I just I need to give you some shit because I was like, you guys are going on tour. I might be able to see you guys play live. And I'm like, probably the closest place you're going to be to me is going to be like at the bare minimum, like a nine to 10 hour drive. And ah, uh, that might be a little bit tougher than I would like. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. I fucking would, I would tour until we're homeless if it was up to me, you know? Um, but like, uh, we got, we have lives and we have some shit we got to do. So like, we'll be back on the road again when we can. Stupid responsibilities. Yeah. I hate those things. They prevent me from going to too many shows, even though I go to a lot mm -hmm. anyway, but stupid responsibilities however you did say that when you were the one the first show you were talking about alexander where you packed out the venue they changed their policies you did it for a certain cause that you know you were really behind and really had a lot of positive impact i gotta ask specifically what was that cause you guys were playing for uh so it was it was um for two um different organizations uh so one's a nonprofit called nation skate youth which is um a group of homies out in British Columbia uh, who bring skateboarding and language-based learning to like uh, native youth, and then the other one is um, <laughs> the other one is uh, Toronto Indigenous Harm Reduction, which is a direct action group in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, uh, which takes care of like 
houseless um, relatives on the street. I was going to say, the reason I wanted to ask about that, because I thought that's where you're going to go with it, because when uh, Fight On Sight brought you guys up in the podcast, they said you did a lot for the native populations and really focused in on putting a lot of support behind that through your music and through your actions as well. And I, I got my, my biggest key to ask on that was I see you guys are really doing that and really putting your effort into it. But what's what was your what's your real motivation behind that as well? Like, I really want to get to know why you guys want to do this so much so that everyone knows about it and can help support you in that effort as well. Right. Um, well, <laughs> I'm the, sorry. Uh, I'm just I got sick on tour. I'm just getting over it. Um, I. Uh, I'm the only native member of the band. Um, so, I mean, not not that that necessarily like takes away or adds anything, I would say, but uh, it, uh, I like, I realized that like, we have like, the I have the power to throw a show whether I'm playing it or not. And, um, you know, if you have that, like i'll just keep using the word power i don't i don't necessarily like that word in this context but like i have the ability to to bring people together and why not do that for my community um for hardcore for metal and for like indigenous relatives like uh so um you know i i have the ability and to me i perceive that as also having the responsibility to do something uh and uh, i'm happy i'm happy to do it all right, that does make sense to me. I always want to know, like, okay, if someone's doing something, okay, like, wh what's the reason behind it? So that if we get a little bit more of an understanding behind it from our perspective as listeners and our perspective as fans, we can get even further behind you guys as well and help you out with those efforts. And it really brings a little bit more of this, like, what was I going to say about it? A little more of this certain, like, vibrato behind the band as well, because now you have a piece of something that you're standing up for, something that you're putting your support behind. It adds a little bit more of that punk rock flavor to it that you spoke about, like, when you first were starting about finding out some of these bands, like Minor Threat. You're putting more of this, have this ability to gather people, have this ability to get people with common interests in the exact same place. And it's your chance to, you know, make a positive impact on your own community as well. So how are you going to do that? You have the ability to do it and you're going to go and do it. You're going to support these causes. You're going to bring these issues to light. You're going to be able to have these conversations through your music and be able to inform even some of your listeners as well, not only through your music, but through them going further into some of these organizations and going further into the concepts that you're bringing up. It's something like for me specifically, where my favorite band of all time is Rise Against. I mean, when it comes to political stuff, they're always talking about this stuff. They're mm -hmm. always on the forefront of it. And while for a good number of their things, I don't specifically align with them politically, it still allows me to get their perspective on it, listening to their music, still enjoying every bit of it. And being able to dive deeper into their own thought process, dive deeper into the thought process behind that political take and that reasoning and figure out if it's something where if I'm into it or not, why I'm into it or not, but also be able to respect the other side of the opinion as well. So when it comes to something like what you guys are doing, it absolutely makes sense to support your own community in that way because you have the ability to do it and it's something that you're passionate about. So you have you have the chance, you have the ability why not take that to its full advantage and be able to shed light on some issues, be able to show support to some of those groups and so show support to your own community at the exact same time. It makes a lot of sense and it also adds a little bit more of this 
I don't know. It adds a little, for me, it, personally, it adds a little bit more of this drive behind the band, especially from a listener's perspective. Like there's going to be some there that you can always drive towards and just really connect with whether you are more connected to the indigenous population, indigenous communities or other communities that might be struggling at the same point as well. Just having that ability to connect and you know, not necessarily compare, but sympathize and see where you can make your own positive impacts with your own communities as well. Yeah, I, I'm i always like, I'm so fucking psyched when um, people just like ask me like how to do a show or how to start a band or like how do I make flyers or whatever it is. Like I'm so fucking happy to help anyone with anything like that. And like... And like we talk, like you talked a lot about like shedding light on issues and whatnot. I also like I've kind like I didn't plan for this to happen, but it's it's kind of just inherently taken place that like I've the band has also become like an example, like a positive example of like um you know just like getting out there and doing it, and like I've had like native youth like coming to me telling me how much they appreciate like the um representation and that they're going to start a band now or they started playing guitar or whatever it is and it's just like people bitch and complain about like oh like people bitch and complain about fucking representation and like oh well i just think the better person or whatever whatever like i don't really give a fuck uh because i think representation matters and um if we if ethereal tomb if that's ethereal tomb for someone then i'm so fucking grateful and um i just hope that we like fly that flag well and uh we get the kids fucking stoked you know that's that's what gets me the most hyped at the end of the day getting the kids hyped and stoked about themselves and also being feeling like they're able to play music because they see somebody doing it that you know they connect with they represent with and having that representation yeah you're right it does matter it absolutely does matter because if you see someone that's doing something and they connect with them a little bit more on a personal level whether it's through your background whether it's through your community whether it's just through some sort of trait that they have that you absolutely connect with you feel like you know if you want to do something you can do this I mean, you have kids coming up to you, you know, saying they want to start band, they want to play guitar, they want to do this, they want to do that. And they're able to have the inspiration from it, from what you guys are doing. I mean, you guys have this ability to go out and do stuff. And there's a lot of people, I'm going to even say this too. There's a lot of people that say they want this stuff to happen. They type it on their keyboards and then don't take any action on it. You guys, Mm. you know, with what you love to do and what you're doing, you're just take, you're taking action by just doing what you want to do and doing what you love. And you're connecting with so many other people through the process, not only in the not only in the hardcore scene, not only in the music scene in Canada, but also with the indigenous population as well. It's just it's just a great thing because you guys are actually doing what you love and having a positive impact all around in many other facets than just having your music make people feel good. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm just you know I'm more than grateful for all of it and. Uh, we did a Canadian tour this summer and uh, <laughs> we had, we had like, I don't know if it's normal for like, cause I used to live in Winnipeg and I used to live in Edmonton and like to see like other native people around is so much more common than in Toronto. Toronto. So like, 
seemingly rare compared to living in those cities or even just passing through those cities. Uh, so I don't know how like normal shows go there, but like for a lot of the shows on our Canadian tour, we had so many fucking indigenous youth out um, that like, I don't, and I don't, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know if it's because of us or because that's how shows normally go. Like, I really don't know, but regardless, it's, it gets me excited to see. Whether it is the way that shows are out there in Winnipeg and Edmonton, or whether it's, you know, the fact that you guys are able to bring them out, the fact still stands that when you guys played those shows that they were out there, that is the thing that we know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful. All right. And I, and I'll go to Aiden on this one. So how, like, what's your opinion on all this? What's your take on all of this? Like how, like as a member of the band, that's not Alexander at this point in time, like, (laughs) what do you see on this and how do you feel about this? Not being from that native background. Um, I think anybody that can stand up, say what they believe in. And if you know, you're going to go against it, then fuck you. I, I, in any regard, it's, it's a wonderful thing to see taking action is is huge not enough people do it i will admit i wish i took more action when i was younger growing up i uh i struggled with social anxiety for a bit so being able to get up and say yeah i can actually fucking do this doesn't matter what it is these are the steps i'm going to take to get there and you, you see it through it's it's a lot easier in reality than people make it out to be in their in their minds i feel um it's it's just we're in the business of doing get up and do it find a way if you want to you will succeed it's it's that easy i think you said one of the best things ever heard on the podcast is you're in the business of just doing it and it makes a lot of sense too and even though you wish you would have done like done more of this stuff earlier on in life and had more support behind the stuff earlier on spoke up earlier on yeah, we all wish we would have done stuff that was earlier on, but it depends upon, okay, did you actually take action on it? Where have you actually done something about it? And for you, yeah, you absolutely have. I always look at it was, when is the best time to do something that you wish you would have done? Way back when you first could have done it. When's the second best time? Right now, because right now you can actually do something about like, this is the moment you can actually do it. And you guys are doing it right now. You guys are actually making that positive impact with your music and doing the things that you love and connecting with so many other people. That is such a positive thing that no one can ever take away from you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, I got one other question before we wrap this up. Are you guys ready for it? Let's do it. It is the exact same question I've asked a lot of other bands and is the exact same question I asked Fight On Sight, which brought you guys to the podcast as well. So I'm going to ask you guys, can you name three bands in the Canadian scene, whether it's hardcore or not? that you guys are absolutely digging right now. It can be bands that are bigger than you, smaller than you. I don't care what it is. The bands that you guys are really connecting with right now, I'm looking for three. So, go. Um, <laughs> um, I fucking, I want to hear what Aiden has to say, uh, but I'm just going to give you three of my of my own. Uh, Mile End, um, Blood Wraith and Purity Culture. Those are my three choices. I'm uh one band immediately comes to mind and that's uh it's uh Shingen out of Niagara area. Uh my homie Logan and, and the guys in Shingen, they uh they're super active, they're putting out music. Logan's booking shows. Logan's um pretty young and he's he's in the business of doing, we'll say. 
he's he's booking shows he's putting shit together in his area um they recently did a a tour with sunnyside they did a quebec uh, ontario run i believe it was over two different weekends like they they want to go out and do it and they're finding a way so biggest respects to them for that yeah i think uh yeah i think i used to live in niagara as well and it was pretty fucking desolate place especially for hardcore or anything heavy and uh i think um the niagara community like is definitely owed in a large part to um logan just getting up and deciding to to start doing some shit sometimes you gotta take matters in your own hands you know Exactly. Sometimes you just got to be in the business of doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to expect some like ethereal tomb shirts that just say in the business of doing at some yeah, point. Yeah, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do like a fucking 2009 deathcore shirt, just impact font. <laughs> doing. Yeah. But it'd be impact font, but there has to be some sort of like weird, goopy, creative, like weird monster that's on there too. Like and asking Alexander a Devil Wars Prada shirt from two thousand nine. But you're yeah. right, you're right, Alexander. That has to be the impact font. Yeah, and then one of the words like we'll change business to business, and we'll fucking make it with some <laughs> slime text or something like that. Yeah, B- business. Uh, yeah, or business, or you also do business, or like B I Z N I Z, and just have the Z's like drooping all groupy and yeah, or just exactly. getting eaten, or getting eaten by some sort of weird like slime filled monster. You know, when he's in the business of doing, he's in the business of eating this shirt. That's that's all we're saying about that right now. Oh <laughs> dear God. Well, if you guys missed two thousand nine shirts, here's in one for you. Um, you might also, you want to get, uh, go back to 2009, you know, break out the skinny jeans again, get the I heart boobies wristbands, you know, just, just go for the full on style. It's like you knew me in 2009. Dude, <laughs> dude, my, 2009, I was a freshman in high school. So I saw all of this, like f- yeah. as, as upfront as possible. Yeah. It was the same in the skate community, but instead of, um, fucking instead of, um, death core shirts, it was like. Uh, what the fuck would it be like circa tease or something like that (laughs) oh back in 2009 we hardly knew ye we hardly knew ye (laughs) well guys as we bring this podcast to conclusion one thing i'd like to do is give my guests which is both of you right now a chance to say whatever you want to say plug whatever you want to plug promote whatever you at the end of the episode so aiden alexander the floor is yours um we put out a new record in september called when the rivers dry and uh it's available on lp i think the tapes are sold out but it's free or quote-unquote free on streaming services um and other than that uh start a band book all ages shows and don't fucking suck anyone's fucking dick in your scene just go and be yourself and book your own shows if you have to and um just be yourself because there's a lot of people you know, kind of all over, just like a little too worried about what other people are doing or or how other people are going to perceive whatever the fuck they're doing. And, you know, just do whatever the fuck you want to do. And do it now. Don't put your life <laughs> on hold. Don't yep. wait around for shit to happen. Make it happen. Be in the business of doing the business yeah. of doing. Gotta get that shirt made now. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty much set on it right now. In my mind, like this shirt has to be made. Fuck it. Throw tap. <laughs> throw tat no regrets either not even a single letter baby yeah, yeah. 
Well, now it's time for me to bring this podcast conclusion in three specific ways. First things first, when it comes to Ethereal Tomb, when it comes to connecting with them online, be able to listen and stream their brand new LP, When the River Dries, or Run the Rivers Rivers Dry. I completely messed it up already, so feel free yeah, to roast it, me. People fuck it up all the time. It, it's 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 the when the when the rivers dry is like doesn't necessarily make sense to the brain on a first like kind of like viewing. Okay, so when the river is dry, yeah. I mean, if you guys are watching the video on YouTube, you're gonna literally see the name of the LP on the bottom of the screen. So if you want, when you want to go and stream that, when you want to follow along with the band online, when you want to make sure you know when new shows by them are gonna be happening and where to get your tickets as well, where to get everything, where to get merch. Best place to do it is to go script to the podcast where it says find Ethereal Tomb online. Links and labels for everything social media-wise, links and everything for merch-wise, where you can stream their music, especially when the river's dry. Yes, I think I said that right now, thank <laughs> God. Everything's gonna be down there for you. I'm doing all the research for you. I'm taking all the time. I'm your own personal Google when it comes to Ethereal Tomb right now. So go script to the podcast. It is all gonna be there. Now, gentlemen, when I have guests in the podcast, I tend to make a certain promise if I enjoy the podcast that says, thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate your time. And I wish you continue to support the band in any way I would like. And this is usually how I do it because you guys hit on it. And I hate to start these out with if. If implies this might not happen. I say when. When implies this is going to happen. Date and time yet to be determined. So when I get to you guys perform live, I'm going to go all Liam Neeson on your asses. I will look for you. I'll pursue you. I will find you. I will say hi and first rounds on me, whatever it might be. If it like, cause I know Alexander, you said you kind of connect with the straight edge community. If you don't drink, do you have any substance, dude, we can get a fucking pizza if you want, man. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Pizza for sure. <laughs> All right. I'm walking to the show with a pizza and I'm just be like, alrighty. Uh, yep. I'm here for the show, uh, but I got a pizza to deliver. Also, who's going to say no to the guy walking to the venue with a pizza? Like, you can't you say can, no to that. You could just say you're there to deliver and just get in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I, it was, I forget out what was it. If it was, I, I said something was like, if you had a pizza, if you brought a case of beer, I forgot the third thing I said. You could pretty much get in anywhere. A uh, fucking high-vis vest. The ladder. It was the ladder. It was the freaking ladder. ladder. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you walk through the ladder, everyone thinks you're like just going to be working on something. They're just going to let you right by. I keep oh, a high-vis vest on hand for shit like that. That that also works too because you see a guy walking in with high vis. You, I mean, what's going to happen? Are they going to be working on something, or is there going to be some guy that runs into the pit wearing a traffic cone called Coney that you have to worship in the at this time? And yeah, yes, they're either this is they're a either thing. a biohazard fan or they're working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is perfect. And now, as we bring this podcast to its full conclusion, guys, I cannot end this by saying goodbye. That is way too final because. I made a promise to you. I am going to see you guys perform live. I'm going to make good in that promise as well as I'd love to be back in the podcast again in the future because this was a lot of fun. So this can't be goodbye. No, 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 no. This is. I never, I never say goodbye. See you later. Woo! Well, folks, this is my interview with Alexander and Aiden from Ethereal Tomb out of Canada. And now it's time for Kevin's final thoughts. So when Fight On Site actually mentioned them during their episode of the podcast, they mentioned that Ethereal Tomb was doing a lot for the indigenous communities in Canada as well. That was something I was interested in, but I know the conversation kind of took a fun flow just seeing how they were impacting the Canadian hardcore scene, all the stories they had around there. But when we actually brought that up and I wanted to dive deep into it, I really respect it for you know two reasons. The first reason is this band is in the business of doing. 
Like they're not sitting around. They're not just, oh, we're going to post stuff online and say we're going to do stuff. No, they're actually out there doing it. They're the ones that are playing these shows, booking these shows even. And they're the ones that are taking this opportunity, able to gather people together and be able to shed light on some of these issues and shed light on some of these groups that can help support these communities as well that are closer to the band, specifically Alexander. And it makes a lot of sense. And I love the fact they're doing it because you're seeing the positive impact it's having not only on the kids that are in the scene as well, but from these kids in native populations that are coming up and seeing that there are people out there that are doing things that they wish they can do and are now inspired to do so. That's where representation comes in and that's where representation matters from a visual aspect, from a symbolic aspect. And you're seeing it positively happen with Ethereal Tomb, and I absolutely love it. The second reason I'm a big fan of it, and a lot of it is because, you know, we see a lot of bands. We see, I see so many people out there. They just say the same stuff. They just say it over and over again. You got to do something, you got to do something, and they don't do it. You know, this band, they're in the business of doing, but they also use that platform to inspire people like, hey, you can do this. And like Alexander said at the end of it, you know, if you want to, he gave you the whole entire advice to book some shows, book your own shows. If you have to go out and just do it. You literally the Shia LaBeouf meme, you know, just do it. This is basically what it is. You're in the business of doing, if you want to make something happen, you're not going to do it by sitting on your ass. You're not going to do it by posting a comment on Instagram or Twitter or on TikTok or on Facebook or something like that. You got to actually get up and go and do it. And they're giving you the blueprint to go and do it. They're doing it. So, well, I mean, for the podcast, <clears throat> I'm doing it. This is episode 471. We're going to be at 500 episodes by March. Yeah. So if you want to have a positive impact, you can just do it. But when it comes to Ethereal Tomb, go to the podcast where it says find Ethereal Tomb online. Links and labels for everything for them. Where you can find them on social media, where you can find them shows, where you can get some merch them, and where you can get music, especially when the river is dry. Their brand new LP from 2023. Also, make sure you're following along with the Corporate Progression Podcast. So, follow along with this Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, link description of the podcast below. Make sure you hit that subscribe button right there on YouTube so you can get these episodes right directly to you every single Tuesday and Thursday and our Friday reaction videos as well. Also, if you're on Spotify, Podcast, I heard you on Amazon, hit that follow button because the full interviews are there every single Tuesday and Thursday as well. Hit the like button on this episode because it helps push the algorithm and does a lot for us. So I want to thank you guys. Thank Ethereal Tomb. And that's what you guys thank you for watching listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I end every single one. He's a big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all.